who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. The garage door won't move. I pull the rope down, hard. Nothing happens. I'm standing there like an idiot in the middle of the road, in the open garage, trying to hide a car like a thief on the run. Which I am, actually. I am a thief on the run. Anyway, I'm about to give up and get back in the car when I hear the crow's call in the distance. He's coming. Had I known that my boss transformed into an actual enormous crow when he got mad, I might have stayed behind the sleeper station. But it's too late now. There's another call. I pull down with everything I've got. The door starts sliding out of the rails on the ceiling, finally, and comes down hard. It shakes when it hits the concrete, like a trap door falling down behind a tomb robber. It's dark, and at first I can't see a thing. I'm standing there waiting for my eyes to adjust to the darkness after being in the bright desert sun all day. And that's when the smell hits me. It smells bitter, stale in here, like a musty medicine cabinet. The air itself seems sticky. I hear something. I heard something from inside the house. Behind the wall on my right. A stumble and then something else, like a sigh. I call out. Hello? Nothing. I crouch down and try to find the door handle. How do you pull this door back up? How do I get out? Again, the stumbling from inside the house, like there's someone else on the other side trying to find their way in the dark like I am. This door is not opening. Find another way. 
When I get back up, my eyes start to adjust slowly. Shelves start appearing. There's power tools, crates with garage stuff, and there's two flashlights. I grab one of them. The yellow beam from the flashlight is filled with tiny white and green flakes. I turn and there's dusty particles floating all around me. It's like the whole house is submerged. The walls are covered in a gray and bluish film of some kind. I'm afraid to touch it, and I'm afraid to breathe. This stuff doesn't look particularly healthy. There it is again. What is that sound? Suddenly there's that stumbling again. There's someone in here, and this garage door won't open. Great. I'm gonna have to go through the house and greet him or her. Or it. I take a deep breath and immediately regret it after coughing up two giant dust flakes. Whatever the sound was, it stopped when I started coughing. It knows I'm in the house. But still, I have no other choice than to open this door and walk in there. is completely covered in gray film. It's on the walls, the floor, and the ceiling. The windows are covered to a point where you can't see anything anymore. Barely any light can come through. There's black, brittle petals growing out of the floorboards, like dried-up water lilies. I accidentally touch one as I slowly make my way through the kitchen. It immediately breaks into tiny dust specks. While opening the door to the living room, I ask myself if I should call out again, if I should announce myself. But I decide I'm just going to find the front door and get out without getting involved in whatever is going on. What was that? Is it behind me? Is it close? The stumbling starts again. It's very loud now. First I turn around because I think it came from behind me, but there's no one in the kitchen. It's under your feet. Then I realize it's coming from below. Something is moving below the floorboards. Run away now. I run through the kitchen door and instinctively take a left. The front door. There's the front door. In the living room, the dust specks are so bad that I have to squint my eyes. It starts to burn. I manage to reach the door, but when I grab the knob, falls apart in my hand. 
Oh no. The stumbling beneath my feet gets louder, and there's another sound. I take a step back and start kicking, until the front door swings open, and the bright day pours into the gray house violently. With my arms stretched out in front of me, I walk towards the light. But when the street and the town reappear, there he is. The crow flies a few inches above the road, he comes soaring through the street left to right, but stops in his tracks when he sees me. He screams at me and lands in the dead front yard next to the white van. Sleeper, there you are. The crow spreads his giant wings and pulls them forward to leap towards the house. It sounds like an enormous helicopter blade is being thrown at me. Just run. I turn around and run back into the house. Don't think. Just keep running. I close the front door behind me, but while running into the living room, I can hear the crow crashing through it like it's wet paper. He's in here with you now. By jumping over the sofa, I make it out of the living room without the crow grabbing me. He's right behind. There's a couple of doors. I pick a random one and run through. The crow screams my name from the other side. Get over here, sleeper. Time is money, and you are wasting both. Kim was in charge of pulling down the lever and laying a single slice of tomato and two slices of lettuce on top of the meat. Kim is amazing. She was my only friend at BBU. She was my only friend in real life so far. I don't think she's my friend anymore. I'm not sure. We used to sit on the other side of the parking lot together during lunch and watch all the families waddle into the restaurant to get their daily fix of saturated everything. We weren't allowed to go into the parking lot at all. Not while wearing our BBU uniform. Mr. Crow always said headquarters has a zero tolerance policy when it comes to employer lunch break protocol. Customers should only see us in our BBU getup while working at our station. Otherwise they might get confused about which person is serving them and which one is a human being. That meant having our lunch behind the building, next to the dumpsters, and the AC units, far away from any shade. Well, Kim refused to do that, so I joined her in refusing. Sitting there with Kim was the one rule I broke in my life. Well, before stealing my boss's car and using it to launch him into the desert. We would sit on the sidewalk opposite the restaurant, at the foot of the enormous BBU sign. That thing casts a long shadow over the parking lot, which made it a bit more bearable. We would have our sandwich or salads and watch the huge cars pull up and the huge people try to pull themselves and their loved ones out of their seats. We were just laughing at those poor people, impersonating them or trying to figure out in what positions the parents could have sex so they would minimize the risk of smothering each other. In some cases, we honestly couldn't figure it out. 
we concluded their kids must have been stolen from some other family. Sometimes we would voice the different family members while they'd try to walk fast enough to the restaurant before the sun would get them. But not too fast. Afraid their heart might give in. I, I know it's mean. We were mean. I'm sorry. Kim and I sat there in the parking lot and tried to forget BBU for a second. We were vicious sitting under that sign. Judging from afar, we were vicious. But you have to understand, we had nothing going on. No one in Corvette had anything going on. That's why places like BBU could sell their garbage to everyone. Entire supersized families showed up daily. Little kids, not even two years old, already too big to touch their own face. And when they come back out, they usually all had a big gulp for the road. Soda cups the size of a football. Kids had to hold those things with two hands. We were just scared, that's all. Scared for everyone. Scared for the whole town. I miss sitting with her. I hope one day we'll see each other. And I hope I'll know what to say to make her forgive me for what I did. Hi, I'm Sleeper, and I apologize for interrupting the show. Leaving Corvat is a one-man production that can use all the help it can get. If you head over to leavingcorvat.com, you'll find lots of cool Corvat-related stuff you can get in return for supporting the show. Thanks. And now back to the story. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. My eyes feel like I've accidentally rubbed hot sauce in them. It burns. When I look up, I'm in a small bedroom. It's totally dark. It smells disgusting in here. 
Like all the other rooms, it's completely covered in that weird stuff. I'm standing with my back against the door, frozen, looking at the double bed facing a giant TV. There's someone right there. I'm looking at the back of a woman. There's someone on the bed. Sitting on the edge of the bed, perfectly still, staring at the glass sliding doors, even though they're completely covered in that dusty stuff. The woman is sitting there, and I'm standing right behind her. But she's not moving. Excuse me. Hello? She's still not moving. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, while being chased through the desert by a crow man, being trapped in some kind of a rotting gut of a house, but just take the following as a given during events like these. I'm scared out of my mind right now. I slowly walk up to the bed, and I can tell the woman is kind of old. The stereotypical old lady flower dress she's wearing is almost completely covered in gray film. I whisper to her, but she still doesn't answer. She doesn't move a muscle. Awkwardly, I climb over the bed and reach out to her. I put my hand on her shoulder. Oh my God. Even though I was barely pressing down, my hand goes through the dress and into the shoulder. There's a sound that, that basically goes right to your stomach. It sounds like I'm pressing down into a century-old pan of tomato sauce. I can feel the flesh giving in like it's wet cardboard. I pull back, and the lady starts turning her head. Slowly. Mechanically. Did I mention being scared? Are you with the mold removal service? The lady's face is like a gray mask. The film of dusty specks has formed a second skin that's starting to come apart as she moves the muscles in her face to speak. I stand up and slowly start backing away from her. I say, No, I'm sorry, I'm just passing through. She says, Well, would you mind checking what is taking them so long? Her face starts breaking up and floating through the room. It smells like industrial waste. I see the hole I made in her shoulder, but she doesn't seem to notice. I start to wonder if there would be anything left sitting on the bed if all the specks floated away. While I keep backing up, I ask her, Who's taking long? Is someone trying to get rid of all this mold for you? The mold man promised he would take a look under the floorboards. He said the source of the mold was somewhere under the floor, and and he would go check what it was. He, He said he'd never seen a mold like this before, but I feel like I've been waiting for a very long time now, for him to come back up. I feel like it's been almost a year that he's been down there with whatever is causing this. The lady keeps talking, and her mouth starts falling apart completely. Suddenly, I notice my hand feels wet. I look down, and I can see my right arm is covered in mold. It's completely gray with red spots. I can feel it seeping into my skin and I start waving my arm around frantically to make it come off. My name 
is Mrs. Gray, the lady says. What is your name, young man? She tries to stand up and immediately crashes down and disappears into a black cloud like a tower crumbling. The whole room is filled with her dust. My eyes start burning like they're being eaten. While the lady collapses, I hear the bedroom door opening. And I hear a nasal, heavy breathing. He's here. It's the crow. He's in the room with you. The crow man is here. But I can't see anything. Sleeper, what is going on? Ah, my eyes. Coughing, and with my eyes closed, I try to feel where the bedstand is. I pick it up, and a lamp or something else that was plugged into the wall falls down on the floor as I turn away from the bed. I throw the whole table into the general direction of the glass sliding doors, and with a big crash, the sun comes gushing in. The specks start burning away, and I can see a bit. The sunlight is burning the mold. Run now. The crow is right there. Without being able to open my eyes all the way, I run towards the light. Hoping I won't cut myself on the glass, I dash into the garden. The fresh air feels like water on a fire inside of my lungs. And then I fall over the bedstand. Get up, get up, get up, sleeper. Get up, sleeper, get up. I get back up, up and run into what was once a nice backyard, now completely overgrown. The crow is coughing behind me. He's mumbling about his eyes hurting. This is my one chance to get away. No, wait. You're stuck. Your backpack with all of your stuff. As I run toward the fence at the back of the overgrown garden, I realize something. My backpack. It's still in the car. In the crow's car. When we change into our BBU gear, we're required to leave all of our personal belongings in our locker. My phone, my wallet, my ID, everything. My Game Boy. My camera filled with pictures. Everything is in that backpack. My pocket sketchbook is the one thing I have with me. Everything else is in Mr. Crow's car, in the garage of the gray house. When I turn around, the crow has found his way out of the bedroom. He's scanning the backyard, trying not to close his eyes in spite of the burning. Stay down. Don't move. I kneel down and disappear into the vegetation, hoping he didn't see me. Forget about the backpack for now. I sit there, hoping he'll leave to go and look for me, but he doesn't. He spreads his wings and starts circling the roof of the gray house, like a vulture marking a future murder scene. He's not going anywhere. And I just sit there, waiting. Oh,
Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Mm-mm, not she. They, maybe? W- wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.